After recording hundreds of episodes, I want to present you some of my favorite business advice that I've heard so far. Women don't get the credit that they deserve as business owners, so I have dedicated this episode to some of the fiercest leaders in direct response who also happen to be women. My name is Maria Sparagas. I am the owner of Direct Paynet, a high-risk merchant account provider. I also host this podcast on a weekly basis because I am passionate about helping you learn and grow your business. Listen up, take some notes, and don't forget to smash that subscribe button below. is you're going to outsource, outsource your confidence at first. It's going to be hard for you to have confidence in yourself because you don't have a lot of experiences to draw from, and you, but you have to go get them. And to give yourself the confidence to go get them, you need to get feedback and coaching and accountability from other people who do believe in you, and you outsource your confidence from them. So anytime in my career where I have been low, I have people that I go to that remind me, yes, I can do this. Yes, I have written good copy before. Yes, I have made money doing this before. Yes, I can do it again. This sort of stuff, right? So it's like, I, I, and when I can't believe myself, I'm like, but this person who I respect believes me and this person who I respect believes me and this person who I respect believes me. And if they believe in me, then I need to, um, really value that. Like if I really expect respect them, why am I going to think that my opinion of myself is better than theirs and more accurate? Interesting. You can flip that a couple of different ways, but like when I have low moments, that's how I reframe it. I'm like all these incredible people that I really look, look up to believe in me. So one, I don't want to let them down. And two, if I truly value their opinions, why, why am I thinking in, in this moment of weakness that I know better than them, right? When they are the ones ahead of me and that they are the ones I'm going to get help for. And they are the ones who have told me that, yes, this is possible so for me. One of the things that, that I will say, like, you know, I'm running all these coaching programs, being in CA for so long, it's not your skills that are holding your back. You can, you can always, 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 always improve your skills and there's always room to improve them. And so expecting to be like, you're going to master them and then whatever, like I'm still constantly learning stuff and still learning. It's mindset, man. Often you're very much standing in your own way. And that is why it's so important to have other people who can call you out when you're getting stuck in these things. Like, I don't care if you pay for it or not, but you need to be around people who build you up. And you know, the, the biggest question to ask yourself when you're like, you know, what if this doesn't work? You need to reframe that. Like, what if it does work, right? What if everyone who believes in you is right? What if you are the one that is wrong? What if it is possible? You need to ask yourself, you need to reframe that negative to a positive because in, in all honesty, they're both equally likely. It just depends on which one that you are prioritizing and which one you're taking actions towards. Once you launch people, your buyers, your customer service, people are going to start telling you stuff about it, right? And you're going to be like, oh, that sucks and that's not good and that needs to be fixed and so forth, right? Right. Well, so what we've had in terms of feedback is that the content is fantastic. But what's been interesting is we launched initially at what we called launch pricing or the founder sale. We started at $349 because I was nervous about pricing. There had never been a product like this before. I didn't know where to go with my pricing. People were buying the product at $349 and the feedback that I was getting was that it wasn't expensive enough, that there was so much content in it that it was worth way more than what people had paid. And I was getting feedback that the pricing you've got, it I'm skeptical as to whether or not it's going to be high quality. Oh, nice. So we brought the price up to 697. So we went with the magic of the sevens because the research shows that that is um, more enticing to a buyer. And we got you know close to that $700 mark where we felt that it was looking high quality, but not at a price point that was unaffordable for people. Okay. Now, what's been interesting, so that's worked out. The pricing has been fine. However, I'm finding some pushback. Again, with ClickBank, there was pushback. In running Google ads, who from a Google ad is going to buy a $700 product from a forensic accountant they've never met before? Yes. 
I've been having some pushback on this. And so now what I've done is I am in the process of editing a much smaller product. So I'm creating a $37 product based off this divorce money guide that gives someone actually way more content than it should for $37, quite frankly, but it's creating a person who is willing to invest money with me, right? They're willing to give me $37 and then they can see firsthand, A, she knows what she's talking about. And B, this is something that I can actually do because that was the other objection is you're saying do-it-yourself forensic accounting. I'm not even good with numbers. How would I possibly be able to follow what you're talking about and implement it? So the $37 product is showing them that I'm relatable, that this is easy to do, that you actually could do this. And so I'm really excited about this progression of how things are going. I never thought I'd sell a $37 product, right? I know so much about forensic accounting. Is there at any given point in time where you might say, you know what, this product is not working? At what point would you do that? Or are you committed to trying to change the product to make it work? Oh, I would change it if I needed to. Okay. So again, if it was divided up into three pieces and, and, and try that, I certainly, I am willing to try all sorts of different things because what I know is that the content of this product is needed by people who are getting divorced. We have 700,000 divorces filed every year in the United States. Wow. 95% of people can't afford a forensic accountant in their divorce. And, but a lot of them have concerns or questions about the money. And so they need an option. So I know that this product is needed, gotten wonderful feedback about the product. It might just change form, right? So that we could do different price points or different methods of delivery. You know, maybe, maybe having it being video-based isn't really what people want. Maybe it changes and it becomes only an ebook or something like that. Who knows where it could go, but I would absolutely be willing to modify it. You know, it was like, at the end of the day, it's like, it doesn't matter. I don't care who you have to talk to or what you have to do to get the decision maker on the phone. And then once the decision maker's on the phone, you close it or you give me the phone and I'll freaking close it. And like, that taught me so much about like sales, like I do it my way. I'm very relationship based, but at the end of the day, it's like, if we spend all of our time chit-chatting and just building relationship, our relationship's not going to be as strong. And I'm going to tell you something as a woman, female entrepreneur that I picked up and being in this industry, it's very much when I first started a boys club, right? And one of the reasons why it continues to be more of a boys club is because the women are not as good at making money together. Think about it for a moment. Not only do we are not only worse at asking for the business, not only more shy about it, but we also are not as good at sending business to other women and getting business done between the women. Now the men are all hanging out together and hunting and going top golf, doing all this other stuff, and they're hanging out, but they are passing business back and forth to each other a lot, and they're really good at it. And that's one of the things that keeps their relationship so strong. You know what I mean? It makes them not feel so isolated in, in business. One of the reasons why they're so focused on business too, yeah. too. And so I think that we need to get better as women of asking for the business, giving business to each other, being really intentional and just saying, how good did I do this week at like building a relationship? But with this person, how good was I at bringing them business? And how good were they at bringing me business? And how good was I on the follow-up and didn't want to feel like I was bothering them? And, you know, like all these other things, the men don't think that way. There's like, I have been around them and work with them for years. They don't 
sit there and ruminate and be like, am I going to bother them? Did I send them too many texts? They hadn't answered my emails. Maybe, you know what I mean? They're not doing that. They're like, you didn't answer my texts. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Like, you know, don't, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a different energy. And like, I think that, that we're also responsible in, in a way for this continuing to be a boys club. Now it is changing, but we're also very responsible ourselves because we don't do as good of a job within the women of, of generating income. And we're also, you know, not doing as good of a job and leveraging our men, you know, in, in the industry as well and doing more business with them. I think it's a two-way street. I think if you understand the principles, the foundations of copy and, and what it takes to be a great copywriter, write really great copy, you know, to tap into the emotions of people. I think you can write anything, so whether that's a Facebook ad, which I write really good Facebook ads through the emails. And I've got a weekly email that I send out and um, people seem to love it. They sit there as soon as it's sent. Like there's people that sit there and open it straight away. So that's a good oh, sign. Nice. Yeah. And, um, and, so, and then um, all the way through the long-form copy. And I, I think really... At the end of the day, I'm never intimidated by the type of copy um, that I'm writing. It's just get in and do the job. Um, if I'm writing to Americans these days, um, like writing American copy, uh, a word that I used to love using all the time is, you know, this this program, this product, this whatever trumps everything else on the market. I don't use the word Trump anymore because as soon as you use the word Trump, Trump is like a, a word uh, copy liability in the fact that you can't control the emotional um, imagery that that person has just gone on. Like oh, wow. some people love him, some people hate him. It doesn't matter. I just avoid the word because I can't control at that moment the the imagery and the the emotional thought that the person or the emotional experience that they're having linked to that word. So that's what I'm saying about emotion graphics are really um, quite powerful and I'm going to be putting them into a, a course that I'm co-doing this year. Oh, that's amazing. No, I mean, I didn't even think of that, but I guess if you use the word Trump for something that's very right-wing, it might give you the, the emotion that you're looking it, for, right? It might, but, you know, even then, you know, okay, so, you, you, and I, I would normally say, yeah, that's true, but think about this, Maria. If you say Trump and they're right wing and they go, oh, man, that guy, he, they stole that election and they did this and they did that, they're in their head, they're not looking at your copy. So you've yeah. actually taken them away from your copy. And that's why I say you've you've started a, an emotional kind of like imagery and memory where you can't control that. So they've, they've gone, they've, they've left your, um, that's true. your copy. Because in the copywriting world, they'll say, oh, you know, there's these... Uh, top 10 um, copywriters and then there's the top 10 female copywriters and it's yeah. like well why can't we be in the t just top 10 general copywriters why do we need to have like um some kind of qualifier in front of our name why can't we be like up there with the males and because it's not the top 10 male copywriters like it's just seen that the standard is that they're males and that the females are unusual Second. yeah it's almost like the guys have got this attitude let's just throw some spaghetti at the wall and yeah. see what sticks you know what women do we we uh throw spaghetti at the wall but first we boil the water then we make sure it's hot enough we put some salt in the water then we put the the spaghetti in we're making sure that it's cooked perfectly and then we sit, throw it up against the wall guys i don't give a shit they just throw spaghetti up against the wall even if it's uncooked they don't give a shit they just they've just got this like ballsy yeah. attitude women just throw your bloody spaghetti up against the wall whether it's cooked or not and just see what happens you know now out of all these things though that you're doing what's your favorite 
Like what you're like, what are you the most passionate about right now that you're like, I, I would want to do this a hundred hours a week. You know what? I love speaking on stage. I really love teaching on stage. Um, I like to be motivational too, um, but I'm just not a big fluff, not a big fluffer. You know, <laughs> I even watch like some training on how to be a really good public speaker. And a lot of this is teaching you how to be a better fluffer, Okay, which <laughs> I think there's utility to that here and there, getting people pumped up or giving them a little like slogan, you know, that they can say, <laughs> or they can cheer or whatever. Like I'm a funnel hacker, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, but I really love teaching. And that was something I struggled with in my identity too, all because of one silly quote, those who can't do teach, right? Hmm. Just such bullshit. Like Einstein was a teacher, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> people who can do can also teach and teaching is a skill and a gift. So I really love being able to teach seemingly complicated stuff, be that about messaging or positioning or structuring an offer or the mindset you have to have to be able to do all of those things in a way that is simple and makes people understand that they can do it and that they can mess up and still be okay. You can mess up and still be okay. You can have an offer that flops crickets and still be okay. Trust me. It happens to me all the time. You know, and if I'm living proof, you have no excuse. Go get your shit out there. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once. 